we at the Rouge Rugby wish to extend our condolences to the family of Predri Vandenberg. Vandenberg was a respected player, coach, friend, and father, whose career included representing the Bulls, Ulster, Castres, Oyanax, Denver Sampede, Austin Elite, and the South African Springboks. He will be sorely missed. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the LaRouge Rugby Podcast. I am Sue Hardy, joined, as always, by Derek Brissett. Derek, we've had a busy weekend of rugby. We've had uh, Major League Rugby. We've also had the return of Premiership and URC competition. We also had the RAN Sevens. So another busy weekend for watching rugby in uh, North America. Yeah, man, it, uh, it never stops now and. uh yeah, lots of obviously a really exciting weekend um, in uh, the MLR. Lots of great games this week. Uh, one maybe not so great game that we're going to spend most of our time talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, nice to see both the uh, the men's and women's sevens team kick some ass down in the Caribbean and uh, you know pick up a uh, you know qualify for that that World Cup in South Africa later this year. Um, yeah, man, uh, excited to get into it here. Yeah, how was your weekend? I never ask about you. How was your weekend? Yeah, my weekend was you know pretty good. Had uh, friends around, played a few uh, board games. You know, just took a nice and relaxed watching the rugby and all. Obviously, uh, a bit easier with uh, some games than it were others, but you know, able to get enough in and enjoy the just enjoy the time. Okay, but. You know, I think we've uh, delayed it long enough. It's time to talk yeah. about the Houston-Toronto game. Um, before yeah. we'll call uh, it that. <laughs> yeah, before um, any uh, match of uh, MLR this past weekend, as we gave our condolences to Pedri Vandenberg at the start of the episode, um, there was a moment of silence held before every MLR game this weekend in remembrance of him. And something I actually found out. Um, tra- because of this tragic incident is um, while he uh, played for Austin and Denver was in the United States, he actually um, lived in Houston. And there's actually a um, statement that came from Houston Sabercats saying that Reggie wanted to make a difference and grow the game of rugby in America. While he was never an official employee of the Sabercats, he is the one who put us in contract with Henke Meyer. You know, obviously, their new director of rugby. Uh, he also spent time this winter coaching at Academy Squad Rugby HDX on top of his regular job and coaching responsibilities at Rice University. He was a friend to many of our players, and he will be missed. Our thoughts and prayers are with his family and friends today. So, uh, clearly, an instrumental figure who never actually played or worked for the Sabercats, but you know, did the uh, initial legwork. They got Henke Meyer to come over and coach the Sabercats, you know, that big South African contingent that has now um, called Houston their home whilst they're playing for the Sabercats, you know, instrumental figure. So 
obviously a very emotional game for um, the Sabercats, as well as Austin and other teams across the MLR. Um, yeah, there was obviously, you know, af- after, um, you know, the announcement of, of his, his passing and just, you know, just the worst circumstances, just terrible reading about, you know, the accident. Uh, you know, it's it was all. It's always nice to see like when guys that play for teams like the Springboks and have that pedigree come over, and you know play in MLR and even pro rugby, which he played in back um, in that one year. But yeah, you know, it's nice to see like when they come over and then showing like a genuine interest in growing the game in North America. And you know, obviously he's he's stuck around in uh, in Texas, continuing to coach rugby and. As you mentioned, Stu build up those programs, and yeah, it's uh, you saw the uh, the outpouring of support from players, uh, you know, players, coaches uh, across the MLR forum. So, you know, obviously he made a made a huge impact on his time, and you know, gone far, far, far too soon. Um, Indeed, yeah. So really, really somber moment to uh, you know to start the uh, every match, but you know, it's uh, it's. Uh, yeah, just it's a terrible, you know, terrible news to to hear. And you just, uh, you know, thoughts, prayers go out to uh, go out to his family. So let's get into the actual game itself, because with the heat and humidity of Houston, um, you know, it was it took a while for both teams to get on the scoreboard eventually uh, due to a tap penalty. Dean Muir was able to power over and get the first points for Houston. Mm-hmm. Um, for, uh, by the time of the first hydration break uh, Zeese uh, crossed over for their second try uh, both of which were converted so gave Houston a 14-0 lead um, then a penalty gave uh, Houston an extra three so it was 17 uh, points up at the break um, actually just before half time there was actually a so uh, Lavashange uh, did a tip tackle on Vorolek that was referred to the TMO and determined as a red card. So Houston were down for a man for 20 minutes. And then just as that red card was going to end, because in MLR, a red card only lasts for 20 minutes before that player is replaced by someone else. Uh, Mahoney then got himself yellow carded. So that... Uh, Man advantage lasted for another 10 minutes up until like the 65th minute. Um, But in that time, Houston was able to score uh, two more tries, one of which we will come back to in a minute. And then finally, in the final quarter, Faleva has got his um, first try of the game. Uh, Eight minutes later, eight minutes later, Detoy got his second. And then even after um, Albert for... Houston got another yellow card. Uh, Faleva was able to get another one, by which point it was just for pride at that point. Uh, Malcolm was only able to get one conversion. The final score, Houston 29, Toronto 17. So let's get into it. Yeah, I was say, what do, you, what do you want to start with? Just how bad the arrows played or the TMO? Okay, let's start with, let's start with things that the arrows can improve on and then things that are beyond the arrows control. Can we do it like that? Oh, uh, so yeah. All right. Okay. Um, so, you know, obviously it is 
that, okay, that's the first thing we have to remember, and this is something we talked about last week. This is not the Houston of previous seasons. This is not a team that gets the occasional win before losing, you know, 12 to 14 games a season. This is a team that is building itself up after, um, you know, the hiring of new coaches, new players, building their youth out, getting their academy team going. And, you know, they're not where they want to be in terms of they don't, they're not at the top of the table, especially um, when you compare to the rest of the Western Conference. But this is a team that has made significant improvements in the offseason, has done great performances throughout the season already. And, you know, a, any team that thinks that, oh, Houston is still going to be an easy game has already lost. And, but that said, I was expecting at least one score by halftime from the Arrows. And... You know, we've we've talked about it for like the last couple of weeks, especially with their games at home against DC and NOLA. Um, we've been able to identify something that, especially in like the last 20 or 15 minutes, has had like a significant dampener on what the Arrows have done. Against DC, it was discipline. Against NOLA Gold, it was defense. And now it seems that all those issues have come ahead again. And... This and it's you know not having the and you know instead of not having the discipline and getting yellow carded, it's not having the discipline of being able to re- retain possession, do the phases, um, you know, keeping a calm head, being able to go think because you know as it said, it's like sixty-seven minutes. That's how long the hours went of match time without scoring a single point, and. 30 of those minutes, they're up a man, too. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's, a, that's another thing we have to talk about as well. As in, it, it's already happened multiple times this season already. When the arrows are a man up, nothing happens. Nothing changes. They don't um, expose the gap in their opposition. They, con- they more often than not concede possession or concede points, as was definitely the case um, with this example, um, with uh, Van der Schaaf's two tries. And if this is a team that is looking to be making the playoffs, and at this point it looks as though they'll be scraping into the playoffs, you cannot be in this position. You cannot be allowing the opposition to come back in, especially when they're a man down. You need to be able to... Find Houston back in this game. Houston was winning wire to wire. So yeah, exactly. And that's and that's that you have. uh, Okay, you can say red was uh, twenty nine nothing at one point. The uh, Houston didn't have to worry about coming back. You didn't have to let Houston back in this game. Yeah, and that and that's well, that's the thing. Is like as we'll say, we'll talk about um, a try that may or may not um, have been allowed. But you know, even then, even if you take, um, even if it's not 29 and it's say 22, um, you're still, uh, you've still allowed them to continue. You've allowed them to score for the first time in about 40 minutes. During most of that time, you've had the man advantage, especially coming back in the second half. You can say, okay, we've got a man advantage. This is how we're going to play the phases. This is how we're going to expose their weakness. And when, 
they got an, a yellow card with that two minute overlap. It's like, okay, now you have two man advantage. Can you do anything in these two minutes? Can you do anything that can get you within a point scoring opportunity? And it never came. Like the, if you want to know how far the hours can go, it's not going to be very far if you go over an hour without scoring. Oh, it depends on the situation of the game. You can you can win games with uh, low scoring, but I think the biggest issue in this game to me was obviously, I mean, handling errors were just abound. Drop, knock on, drop. Yeah. Pass that went no. Pass that went to feet. Pass that went to deck. Pass over. Pass that went to heads. Yeah. Like um, pass. But, but this, but guys. this is what I mean about having having calm heads, having the focus. Yeah. And the discipline needed yeah. to not do these. And you can say, and you know, you can have the argument of like, oh yeah, it's humid. So maybe no. the ball's a bit wet. No, that's never then, an argument. The weather's no. not bad. The weather, the, see, the thing is, is the weather, like, I mean, obviously if it's humid, if it's raining, if it's too windy, if it's snowing, whatever, that obviously affects the game. The weather's the same for both teams though. Houston's yeah. not dropping. Yeah, that's what I mean. But that's what I mean. It's, it's like, you, yeah, can, you, you get away with it once. No, it yeah, once once is an accident. No, twice is a coincidence. You can three make times. The argument that like you know home field advantage, Houston be more used to it, but like, yeah, it's this the what the weather's the same, right? Houston, Houston, yeah. balls. Um, but I think like the big one, the big one to me though, like obviously there's a lot of drops, there's a lot of knock-ons. Um, there was a ton, a lot of just miscues at the lineout. Um, whether it's overthrown or timing issues. Um, couldn't connect on the line out at all throughout the game. Um, and the handling errors, I think, were the two biggest, like, direct contrib- contributions to a lot. But I think the one thing that we have kind of talked about, um, you know, over, uh, over the course of the season is just the ability to finish, right? Yeah. Like, you got to, you know, to finish off tries because there's, you know, a ton of moments in this game where, not even inside the 22, like within like five or 10 meters of Houston's yeah. line. And, you know, it started right away in the seventh minute. They get down there. Keith knocks it on. Right. Yeah. Three meters out from the try line. Um, You know, later, you know, you have a couple that are, you know, later in the game or whatever. You know, 23rd minute, there's another turnover. Quatrin somehow manages to charge it down again. So they kind of, arrows kind of get a second chance. And then Dyer just runs out of the back of his own area or his own in goal area. Couple other just missed line outs and stuff when they got down to the five meters. There was that one play where even like, even uh, there's the one play where it's like, even like Donardo is like, appears to be completely in the clear. And then I'm not really mad about this one because my goodness, NASA KK with an unreal tackle. Yeah. Unreal tries like the whole, like the form, punch the ball out, bring them down. That even also went back, I think for an arrows penalty. And that ended up being a turnover too. Um, But it's like, there was a, there's just a couple other, um, there was a couple moments in the game too, where it was like the arrows would botch the line out. Then it led to, but Houston would take a penalty which was just sort of like, well, here you go. You can try again, right? Like Houston, like almost gifting opportunities back. Yeah. Right? And then the next line out or the next scrum or the next phase would just be a knock on or, you know, overthrown or end up in Houston's hands anyways. Right. Um, yeah. So it's like, you know, you kind of go through, go through the game and stuff and it's, 
you know, you're, you're kind of looking at like, yeah, like, you know, obviously they didn't score a try until the game was already tw- uh, 29, nothing by the time they scored a try. Right. So it seems yeah. 29, nothing with 13 minutes left um, by the time they scored the try. And then uh, a bit of an ex- offensive explosion in the last 13 minutes, seeing uh, three tries get scored. Yeah. But um, yeah, but it's, you know, this, I think you kind of look back on it and it's just how many opportunities in like, you know, how many opportunities in this game did the arrows kind of just an execution error cost to try yeah. or whatever. And I, I, and, and, you know, like, I mean, Houston, Houston played well defensively um, yeah. during this game too. There was definitely a lot of hits. Um, There's definitely like a lot of like big hits that like some of those knock-ons were caused by tackles mm-hmm. yeah um granted some of some of them were just drops and stuff but yeah. others were yeah. like knocked out as a tackle as have that denardo uh nasa keke on denardo one for you know a good example but also vander and dyer had some nice hits too and uh, zeiss had a couple that led to knock-ons but it's you know that that's obviously something and then the line out which so that's obviously, you know, an, an issue, right? It's just the the inability to finish. Because it's like, you think even like a couple of those, like, you know, hockey keeps track of like scoring chances as a stat. That would be a real interesting thing, I think, looking at um, like, you know. I, I, ML, I, ML, I'm, ML. I'm okay with not seeing all the scoring chances missed. Oh, yeah. But um, it, it's a, it would be interesting, right? But I think at the, but. You know, so that's obviously an issue. Um, the lineout seemed to be the other one that was just like the glaring hole in the arrows game, which, you know, the lineout has been something that uh, I think like we've been praising a lot lately too. like the, yeah. the arrow set piece has been, you know, really great. The last, you know, the previous like three or four games, um, yeah. it's been, uh, you know, it's been working out very well for them. They've been executing well leading to tries. They've been, def- you know, they've been defending the lineout mall, the lineout well, and, you know, even at the scrum, the, the scrum kind of, you know, a few weeks ago against Atlanta, it kind of, you know, was a little bit on the back foot, but then it bounced back against um, Old Glory and NOLA, right? So, and then it kind of looked to regress a little bit again in this game. Um, but yeah, like even like kind of thinking about it, like it's just the from like an attack standpoint, the attack never got anything going. Um, as you mentioned, Stu, like, you know, yeah like the 30 minutes of being up a man. And then, I mean, there was even another red card in the 80th minute. They scored on that one. Um, so I guess let's, let's say it's, uh, I guess in total, probably what, 30, 31 minutes yeah. of being, um, of being, you know, up a, at least man one man. Um, so I guess they, they did get one try out of it. So, well, you have to kind of give them that. It's not like over the 31 minutes, I guess, but the 30 minutes in the middle of the game where they didn't come away with, with yeah, anything was... um definitely hurt i think even during that time too if i'm like remembering correctly like um houston probably has like during the like during um labashang's red card um like i think like houston probably had the best scoring chance and then uh yeah and then i guess well during mahoney's yellow they definitely had the two best scoring chances because they scored two tries during mahoney's yellow um right so it's uh you know that's also another thing right like it's not even that you're not scoring yourself it's like you're giving up 
points yeah. while you're up, um, which which is just which just is not great. And I mean, nope. I know um, I I know all in a lot of cases too that you know the the officiating in this game was certainly not the best. Um, you know, we'll get into the one major error, but you know, I know um, it certainly wasn't the best, but you know, at the end of the day though, like they, the, the, the refs still don't drop balls. Like, yeah. you know, it's, it's just uh, like, I don't know. I think like as a fan, like kind of this late in the season, like with um, like, you know, the playoff push being on, um, probably the worst, and even that too, probably the worst case scenario result from that uh, Free Jacks New York game. We'll talk about that later. But like the fact that the losing team still got two points out of that is uh, not helpful. Um, but uh, you know, and have a game in hand in the standings. I mean, this is a. Uh, I think I think it's fair to say it's a pretty disappointing performance uh, from the yeah. from the Toronto Arrows as they look to head into the bye week. Obviously, a couple other things too to to somewhat touch on. Um, the injury situation continues as um, Spencer Jones looked to be limping off in the 46 minute. He was replaced Giuseppe Toy, who you know did well. Uh, he scored one of the uh, scored one of the three tries late in the game. So. Um, so it's kind of like it, which also just kind of isn't like it's it's tough. Like the injury situation, the arrows just seem to not be able to catch a break. Like you kind of like you, you I guess you you get excited about a guy like Gaston Mirez returning, and then you know in the same game that he returns, it's like Spencer Jones looks to injure himself. Right? Yeah. Um, it's like it's just uh, it's just it's continues to be a wild situation here, but um. Yeah, um, I don't know. Stu, uh, any other thoughts just on the game as a whole? Like it seemed, uh, um, any any kind of breakdowns of the tries or anything that you want to get into or uh, jump right into the uh, the TMO debacle. Um, for Vandershift's uh, first try in the 60th minute, you know, able to capitalize off a um, kick through that uh, was uh, blocked and um, collected by Houston. Stylishly blocked, I will add. The back heel kick up. Stylishly blocked and stylishly collected. Um, Eventually um, gets uh, pulled down, and then I think whilst it's going on, uh, Gordon McCrory uh, does a bit of a high tackle, which gives Houston the advantage. And, And... doesn't matter because Vandershift is able to then get uh, his hands no one, on the ball. No, no one picked them up. It's, yeah. it's such a it's a very open open gap. Yeah, and then from there scored. So after the try is performed, Jack Grohl, uh, the referee, gets a um, chat in his ear from Davey Ardry, the TMO. Ardry says that he's seen something in the build-up to the try. And there seems to have been um, some confusion of what Audrey was seeing. So he says that there was a neck roll by uh, Houston on Arrow's play. And Goal asks him twice to confirm that. And yeah. Audrey only responds a second time in which he confirms that a blue player uh, was tackled and it, therefore it's no try penalty to the Arrows. So... Um, Goal then goes over to Houston, explains why the decision has been made. Um, 
Then Sam Malcolm takes the penalty, kicks it into touch, and it is a hydration break. Um, now, uh, I watch it on repeat, and uh, on the Rugby Network, it actually has a black screen, but you can hear the conversation going on between uh, uh, Goal and Audrey and then uh, Lucas Rumble as well. So basically, uh, so what actually happened, as you said, is that... Um, it looked like McCrory did a high tackle, which originally gave the advantage to Houston. And for some reason, Audrey was mixing up the colors of blue and yellow. I'm also going to um, throw in there that he mixed up the number 12, too. I don't know where 12's coming from either. Yeah. Well, I, I can say that uh, Audrey had um, 21. So, yeah, number swap, like confusion. <laughs> um, but, okay, quick aside... If you can't tell yellow and blue apart or solid color from the stripes, maybe a job that requires precise observation isn't the best thing to do. But that's just my opinion. Either way, um, either way, so... Um, Goal then goes over to Rumble, explains that um, Audrey made an incorrect decision and that the, the try will stand. And Rumble, Rumble understandably confused. Rumble, like the rest of us, very confused because the decision had been made and then a penalty had been given and then the penalty had been taken. So, um, so does the penalty stand? Because the original on-field decision is now that the try doesn't stand and the penalty continued play. So Goal has a conversation with Lucas Rumble. Uh, Rumble, you know, like the rest of us, very confused about the decision because the on-field decision was no try has been allowed and then a penalty has been given, which has been taken. So should play continue from there? Or should the try, which, to be fair, the try was the correct decision, but it had been ruled yeah. that it was uh, no try and that play had continued. Um, so, Derek, you and I, we've been scouring the laws trying to find who's in the right here. and Nobody is. That's the problem. Yeah. Um, uh, Ard- so- that's, hang on, that, let's just make that. Audrey was in the wrong. That, yeah. That's all we can say, like, really. Okay. So... Yeah, so just this is just the most bizarre situation. Um, it's something that really should not happen at the top level of rugby on a continent yeah. in the top league. Um, just as you kind of said, I tried to find a rule um, going through the uh, the laws in the world world rugby book to just try to be like, you know, is are you able to do that? Like, can you go back after the play started? Um, and my only, like, I couldn't find anything specific other than like, why do, why do kickers and stuff try to like rush conversions and stuff if they don't want, if they're trying to avoid a TMO review sometimes, right? Like, that's a thing. Like Hmm. the ref has to go and stand in front of the ball. So the guy doesn't kick it. Right. So it's like, I'm assuming you shouldn't be able to go back. The thing here with the situation is, and, and it really is, it's like, you know, one of the great things about TMO, why we all wanted it is because at the end of the day, you just want the call to be correct. Yeah. Right. And Stu, as you mentioned, truthfully, genuinely, 
this should be this should be a try. Yes, it, it should have been legitimately should be a try. Yeah, and and that's the thing is that however, the, I, yeah, I was going to say however, because of the way that this played out, the officiating staff has now created a situation where they're wrong no matter what. Yeah, and they created it for themselves. Yeah, like straight up, there no matter what the call once. Sam Malcolm kicked the ball. Anything that yes. happens, like the situation got created where you are now wrong no matter what you decide, which is yeah. a terrible spot for a ref to be in. And yeah. what I mean by that is after the initial decision, because like we said, that should be a try. Yes. Should be a try. There yes. was no infraction on Houston. Yeah, that was correct decision. But, but the moment, but by saying it's a penalty and allowing Malcolm to kick to touch your first wrong is that you took the try away yes that is incorrect the second wrong now is that you're now in a situation where despite realizing your mistake now you're trying to go back at a point in time where it's too late to go back so now it's like you get to pick what you want to be wrong on now because but no matter what call you make from um, either you know the referee Jack Gole or the TMO Dave Ardry, you've created a situation now after Malcolm kicks where no matter what your decision is, it's wrong. Yes, right, because you're either wrong about the initial try, and that yeah. shouldn't have been called back, or you're wrong for going back. Yes, right, which is just and and it's self inflicted. It was on their own. Um, yeah. Like I said, it's like watching this play. It's just, it is to me, watching the play, listening to the conversations that occurred, because there's a handful of conversations that occur on this play, right? There's, you know, obviously goal and Ardry. Then there's obviously, there's goal and um, Smith on the Sabercats. And then there's goal rumble. And none of them make sense when you take them all together, right? So, like, the first things that he's saying um, are, the initial call is that he wants to look at a neck roll on 12 Houston, which who is Vanderskyf, yes. the, the try score. Yes. Prior to Vanderskyf getting the offload from Reda Lingheis in yeah. the try, he is involved in a tackle on Andrew Quatrin um, shortly after the arrows line out. If you go back about a minute, that starts to play. Yeah. Right. Um. And that's the last time, and it's a legal, it's a perfectly legal tackle on Andrew Quatra. And that's the last time that he is involved in the play until he receives the pass from Red Alinghais. Yeah. So going, knowing in the future, so like he's nowhere near a play to make a neck roll. So and already it's like, it's off. And even if you were to go with the other color, which being Tafuga, if that's the player that he was mixed up because he was looking at 12, the fuck is on the other side of the field and he's in a ruck right after the line out, but then he's not involved in anything really after. So it's like, you're not like, where's the 12 coming from as well? It's like maybe right. But what we know ultimately at the end is that they, he was looking at the high tackle from McRory that got called initially. Yes. Right. And so I guess, I don't know, 21 to 12, maybe I I don't know, Um, but like, so you kind of look at that, but then there's so many other things that he's saying during the, um, during the, the thing too, like he's talking about like where it occurs 
And it's like, it's saying that it's like, you know, 24 meters out, 15 meters in, which the play never gets to that point in the field until yeah. Reda Lingheis has the ball and makes a little line break. Right. So it's like, they're not yeah. even at that point in the field yet. Um, there's the conversation where after, after they, he, they initially take it away. Right. And he goes and goal goes to talk. And I believe it, I believe it's Smith talking Um Right. There's like three or four uh, saber cats around. I think it's Smith talking. It might've been another player, but I think it's Smith. Um, Smith's just saying something. It's like, that doesn't make sense. Like we had the ball, like how, and then yeah. he's informed by goal that the infraction happened before the turnover, right? The Giuseppe Trois kick through that's yeah. kind of blocked by Dyer. And then that's what starts yeah. that. Right. So he's informing Smith that the infraction happens before the turnover. Right. Yes. But then the McRory high tackle is after the turnover. Yeah. It's right. So it's like that. The, yeah, like it's no, just nothing that's, compounding failures. Yeah, exactly. Oh. Nothing that's being said kind of makes sense. And then ultimately it does come back to the issue, as you mentioned earlier, like yeah. just you made a mis- You can't like you mixed up the jerseys. Like I, that, yeah. that's something that probably can't happen. I thought like, in all, I thought like so, some of the TMO reviews in, in general in this game were a little weird, um, yeah. too. Like, I think um, the Labashengi red card incident, in which, um, you know, he, you know, he tip tackle, you know, flip Vorlek by on the horizontal, Vorlek lands on his shoulder, right? And it's like, that's, that's another one of those situations where I'm like, the correct call is the red card. But also yeah. how you got there is just bizarre, right? Yeah. Like, you know, because initially, initially, Ardry says something along the lines of like, he's, you know, Ardry mentions that there is a little bit of like some other bodies in the way that's kind of obstructing the camera views, which is weird mm-hmm. considering we also saw some replays on the broadcast. Um, yeah. But he's saying that and then it. And then, so his initial thing is there's a couple bodies on the in, in the way, but he certainly lands on his shoulder. It's something yeah. that he says. Yeah. And then, and then Dole responds with, or Goal responds with, that's, oh, so that's a red card then. And then he kind of backtracks a little bit and is like, oh, it's kind of inconclusive until Cat Roach has to step in. Yeah. And be like, no, he definitely landed on his shoulder. Let's give him a red. Right. It's kind of, it was a bizarre review, bizarre review too. Yeah. Um, but, you know, at least, you know, thankfully Cat Roche stepped in and we got the right call on that one too. But, yeah. Um, yeah. Like it's just bizarre. And yeah, I guess, like, like I said, like ultimately it's like Houston's pissed because their tries getting called back initially. Then yeah. the arrows are pissed because, and it's like, I think, in all honesty to me too, it's at the point where it's like, it doesn't even matter that the call, I guess, is right at the end of this one, just because the whole situation is just handled so poorly. Yeah. Like you can't, I think the one thing that I, I, I think I want to see now, and I know there are rules about this because you can kind of tell that like looking at the game, I know Houston has screens, but obviously they're not really the, the, like, the on-field official staff aren't really looking at them. Yeah. Um, probably because I don't know, like not every MLR stadium has a screen, right? So it's like yeah, but even, a bit of a balance thing. Yeah, but even but, in that regard, you can still have a monitor set up on the side of pitches. That's what I'm saying. I, I we've, think- we've had th- we've had this in international 
international games. Like yeah. uh, last year I when think... it was Canada versus Belgium, they had to have a screen yeah. set up on at the halfway line and like a, it, like VAR it, in soccer. That's so that's what, I was just saying that's what it should be. It so many other sports do it where um yeah. hockey, the there's a tablet screen in the penalty box. Um yeah. football, they have that weird camera that's huddled that has to be huddled around the referee's face. Yeah. Um, it's like give the give the on field referees because like in like I mean in say like you know the Six Nations or the Premiership or wherever where they're playing at like massive stadiums. Yeah. Right. And it's like they have the massive screens. Right. The re- like you know the officials can are just looking at the screens. Right. Which is yeah. actually a really cool transparency thing for the fans that are in attendance. Yeah. Right. And I do enjoy that. But if MLR stadiums aren't at that capacity where we can you know, allow that. I think you have to go with like a, some sort of system, like, as you mentioned, soccer, hockey, football, um, even baseball kind of does it now too. Now that they've started getting into like reviews where it's like, just take the time to have the officiating staff jog over to the sidelines and be like, let everybody look at it. Everybody can talk about it, come to a decision because if that's, if that was the case, that probably solves this one because everyone can go, Oh, like, are you talking about, the high tackle that I already called. Yeah. Right. Because that's the other thing that I don't get on this play either is if it's a high tackle on Toronto that you're looking at, why are we even reviewing this? Houston scored. Like, unless you're looking at it to be like, should there be a card? Yeah. Why are we even looking at it? I don't know. It's bizarre. It was was bizarre and just made it like, I don't know. It's just bizarre. Yeah. And it's, it's weird. It's a weird thing too, because I feel like, um, I feel like we would probably dive into a lot more of just like, man, the arrows played really badly in this game, like real yeah. bad, but yeah. it's also, but it's like the conversation after is all about the refs, right? Because yeah, of it's, mistakes. yeah, it's, it's just, and, it's, it's exposing yeah. how MLR is not yet at that level. Yeah. No, which is the same. Just, and and you can say like oh yeah it's going to be another like five ten was, years before MLR I, gets coached to you know English no, Premiership URC Super Rugby top fourteen whatever but it's weird you know you don't want it to yeah. be broadcast on no, a national it's, level it's weird because it's like there was moments of this game of like some good officiating like I said like Cat Roche being like you know chiming in yeah on but Cat Roche is great so. yeah but yeah I know yeah get get her uh, in the middle of more games please yeah. um. But uh, but like, you know, it's it's just it's such a bizarre decision. And it's just, you know, even like some of the um, the after whistle stuff, too, that was yeah. occurring. I mean, obviously, uh, Mahoney got a yellow card for it and stuff. But there was a few other, you know, after whistle incidences. I don't even know why they like they bothered to look at that Cole Keith Dean Muir thing. I mean, like if you can't do that after a tip tackle, like. I don't yeah. I don't know what to tell you. That should be that's the situation that should be like, all right, you get an you get a free push and shove as long yeah. as you're not straight up throwing punches. Um yeah. like but like you know it's it is one of those things where it's like sometimes like you kind of look at maybe some it makes you want to go back and like look at some breakdowns and stuff because mm. in all honesty, every time I see that kind of like all those that kind of like after stuff in the sport of rugby, it always I guess it's kind of in the bad, but sometimes it's like, hey, like if you're not going to protect our guys, then we yeah. will sort of deal. Yeah. Right. So it's just and that and it's unfortunate that it's like 
these are kind of like my least favorite episodes to kind of do because I don't like yeah. talking about the refs, especially when it's something that's negative. Um, it's fun. To, it's fine. But like, just because it's like, man, it's such a hard job to do. Yeah. And like, it's so hard. And you know what I mean? And, and, and even like from, from Jack Gold's perspective, it's like, man, like he got, he got incorrect information. And yeah. And, and that's, a, and that's, that's right? the and issue for me is tough. that he asked yeah. for confirmation. He asked for confirmation. Twice, yeah. Like he, and they gave him the wrong hearing, information. And now he's, and he's the guy that has to go to the that's what I mean. but team that's what captains I mean, like, and be like, Hey, this is what we're doing. Yeah. And then be like, actually, sorry, this other person got it wrong. Well, that don't shoot the messenger. Yeah, exactly. Like that. That's that's what they mean. I mean, though, is it's just like it came down to, you know, just they put themselves in that hole. Yeah. Right on that call on that try, and you know the try should have counted. I'm not trying to say that it shouldn't have counted because it should have. It shouldn't have been called back in the first place. But then, like I said, it's like you you just you become it becomes just a situation where you're wrong no matter what you do. Because, yeah. Right. Like, um, you know, what I mean? because I think like if in all honesty, if they don't go back on the try, we're probably not even talking about this. Exactly. Um, Houston fans on like a Houston podcast or yeah. on their message boards would be probably be like, hey, that's that try totally should have counted. Right. Yeah. Um, right. And we'd probably we would I think is my math right. We'd be looking at a bonus point. Yeah, or, maybe looking right. at a losing bonus point. A losing to bonus point. Keep within. Uh, so maybe, keep so within maybe reach, we do but, mention. Yeah. So we probably mention it, but we probably mention it beyond nothing more than like, ah, that probably should have counted. Yeah, we like, should have been like, what? oh yeah, Toronto were incredibly lucky at that point. Yeah, and that's exactly. when they, the know, tide started to turn for yeah. the arrows and blah blah blah. Yeah, but, exactly. But the, but, it, but it, now, it is what it is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But now it's like a catastrophic error. Yeah, it, it, and this like, is the, it doesn't it doesn't make it yeah. makes the league look bad. Yeah, no, it's which a, it's is a, it's a bad decision. Pretty, just, yeah, bad thing. Um, yeah, but it's, this it's is the thing that, and I'd rather you know, talk about the the arrows just in the game and stuff. Although this game didn't give too many. Yeah, fun yeah, no about. real positives. The, the, yeah. the and F- the thing now okay. is that Falev is scoring two tries. Falev is scoring two tries. That was great, Lonnie. At, yo, big Lonnie. But at that point, when you've conceded that much, it is just. It is nice. It, it is the it is the faintest of silver linings. At that yeah, point. I mean, I thought like, um, what is it? Uh, Ronan Foley hit a thousand meters carried. Oh, yeah, he's yeah. like you know, third guy who's only been here that, like he did that so fast. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, it's all his line breaks from uh, dude, playing in man. York Line Stadium. Yeah, no, it's 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 great. He's having a great year. Yeah, um, I even good. think like him and Rumble, I thought played pretty well in this game. To just to, to try, we'll try to end on some positivity here. I yeah. thought they played they played pretty well. They got a couple breakdown steals and stuff that they seem to be. You know, a few of the players going. It's like the the backs unfortunately didn't really get too much going at all. Um, the twop, uh, the toy picking up another try is nice to see though too. Yeah. Um. So he's he's got tries in back to back games now too. That um, is correct. Yeah. Right. So well, coming off the bench and um. You know, it, it, it's you know the I guess you know with uh, Lonnie Faleva, uh, Faleva co- continues to, you know the the trend of the Arrows front row just yeah. racking up tries. Um, yeah. That's the try scoring position on the Toronto Arrows apparently. Go play yeah, apparently so. Um, mm. But yeah, it's just I don't know, man. Just between 
this is a, this yeah this 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 is a tough game to watch. I mean, between the uh, the constant errors from the arrows and then the constant errors from the officiating staff too made it yeah made it a well tough one, but well if if you don't want to end this segment on a positive, at least we won't be able to talk about uh, negatives from the arrows next week because they go into their final bye week of the season. I've already seen uh, a few shots of uh, Sammy Malcolm yeah. with. Uh, was it uh, a few of the guys uh, out in Arizona? Yeah, think, I saw uh, some, yeah. Enjoying the uh, enjoying what, uh, the states. That's what the, we'll do next weekend. We'll rank the uh, the best bye week trips. Yeah, solely based right. on Instagram. All right, stories. yeah. All right, guys, get your stories on Instagram, yeah. and uh, we'll yeah. rate them. Probably probably won't take uh, this long to uh, rate the stories as we uh, have going over yeah. the game, but uh, you know, hopefully. Uh, better performance when we see them next, which will be May the eighth, where they will play New York on Mother's How Day. How big is that game, too, man? Like just that the way is, the standings yeah. have played out. Like, yeah. Well, speaking of standings, we need to talk about the other games that happened this weekend. And first up, we had New Orleans versus Austin. And oh, if you think uh, Toronto were bad, look at the L. Nola were. Ooh. Yeah. Um. So. Like, okay, so, I mean, the gist of this game is Austin really good, Nola really bad, and scoreline somewhat reflects that. Um, that is fair. Yeah. Um, Nola is 0-6 at home. Yeah, that 0-6 is... 0-6 at yeah. home. Like, that's, that's just... I didn't that, that even hurts. realize that until this game, but, like, that's just not good. No, that's not good. Not probably unacceptable. Like Nola, man, like I'm like kind of looking at Nola. So Nola is where are they in the standings? They are currently sitting at three and eight. Um, 11 points or 11, 12, 13 points back of New York for the last playoff spot. But like they're, they have like, it's just like, this, their whole season's like zero and six at home is is mind boggling. Their three wins are away at Seattle, which yeah. was actually a really good game. That was a great yeah. win for that yeah. team. Away at Seattle, then they beat the Jackals and Old Glory, the two teams that the, every other team, with the exception of Utah and yeah Dallas, have beaten. So yeah, as in yeah, like it's uh, the two team that yeah the two teams that have combined for two wins, and both of them are old glory. We'll get to that game too. Um, but yeah, it's yeah, man, it's, it's absolutely just a real rough season for the Nola Gold, and you know they only got they only got two more home games left. They're playing Old Glory and San Diego at home. Um, or uh, so it's uh. Yeah, they got a rough schedule to end the year too, man. They got uh yeah, New York, Old Glory. <laughs> they got to play New York, Old Glory, San Diego, New England and Atlanta. That's the last those are the last five games of the year for them. Yeah. That's rough. Yeah, not often. Well, this is the thing. We've been saying that you know, the Eastern Conference has been like the closest competition. But then you'd look over at the Western Conference at the moment and the gap between uh and fifth, which is San Diego, is five points. Yeah. So 
That's that's the thing. I, th- I think now it's uh, the West are now starting to have a bit more competition. Thankfully, always a good thing yeah. to I, see. I think it's and just the top yeah. four teams in the East is still pretty close. Um, like there is yeah. still like that battle for playoff spot is still there, especially between Toronto and New York. Hence, back going back to that's going to be a massive game on May eighth. But, um, yeah, like the West is just tighter. What conference do you think is better? Is the West is tighter, but like, I mean, even like this, like this past weekend, I mean, the e- the East had a pretty good showing against Western Conference teams. I think, other than Toronto, Houston. yeah, I think at the moment the East have better teams. Yeah, and not West. and not just in like win percentage either, just from mm-hmm. overall performance. Um, I think it also is like the maths doesn't really work in West's favor just because they have more teams. And if one of those teams has no wins so far this season, then yeah, it's obviously going to skew things. But even then, Utah have um, only won two games this season. Nola have won three. And, you know, they're at the bottom of their, the bottom two teams of yeah, their respective tables. So, sure. yeah, I've got, I'll, I'll say like the East is uh, slightly better at the moment, but, you know, I think we'll have a West better a idea lot tighter. when we get to the end of um, this current season. Right. And to the next game. Now, you talked about like Nola Seattle being a good game. This was a definite one to watch Utah versus Seattle. And, you know, it's one of these games where, you, like, oh, you know, this uh, could have gone either way for, the Seawolves or for the Warriors. Um, you know, the first team to score was um, Seattle uh, with uh, Smith's penalty in the 27th minute, backing up again in the 33rd minute. Um, the real issue for me is that I was watching the highlights and because the penalty was like roughly in the same position both times, I thought it was just a replay. But uh, <laughs> no, it's uh, obviously, t- um, you know, and... Again, great work from Seattle. Um, Hatting got a yellow card in uh, the fifth minute, and uh, Seattle were able to prevent any point scoring opportunities for Utah. So that uh, worked out well. And Hatting got out of the bin and scored two tries himself. Yes, exactly. Um, and the first of those, which came in the 37th minute, um, you know, just before half time, Smith converts. And then just when you think that, oh, uh, you know, it's uh, going to be all Seattle and Utah going to be pointless um, going into halftime. Burns is able to get across and score a seven-pointer to immediately bring them back into the game as well. Now just training by six. Immediately after halftime, Lance Williams, Williams himself having earned his 50th MLR cap in this game, scores a try in the 43rd minute, which is um, converted by Whiting. So now you're immediately on 14 to... Uh, 13 at this point and then it's uh, Seattle again as you said Hatting scored again in the uh, 62nd minute. Nice little setup from uh, Reed Watkins too uh, yeah, well, the Canadians. Yeah, f- former Arrow uh, technically um, uh, Reed oh, Watkins. He, yeah I guess so technically uh, yeah. Um, technically point. Yeah, and then, you know, Hatting over for the second try, that's converted by Smith as well. And then, you know, it's uh, six points, you know, a converted try or a seven-pointer can swing it uh, back to Utah. You know, Utah, famous last year being the comeback kings, uh, but in this instance, unfortunately, not able to make it 
um, all the way. And the final score being Utah 14, Seattle 20. Yeah, this was, uh, you know, this was tense. And I, I feel if you were either a Utah fan or a Seattle fan, you were um, very tense, especially for those final 10 minutes. Yeah, no, it's uh, the exact type of games that, uh, you know, you want to see. Um, that's kind of like, you know, I mean, does does sort of, you know, how tight the, that playoff race is. Like the teams that are kind of above Utah and Dallas in the standings really can't afford to lose games yeah. just because of how tight it is between second and fifth, as yeah. you said. So I said, man, this is uh, it's real good on uh, on Seattle for uh, being able to hang in there and then, you know, come away with the win at home. And it's, it's, it's kind of interesting because it's like so many of the teams in the West are kind of floating around that 500 mark. Mm. Right. Like no one's I mean, Austin's obviously, you know, in, in a bit of a class of their own, but then the other teams haven't necessarily it's it's gonna be a wild mm. finish, man. We could have some crazy at what point do we start busting out the crazy tiebreaker scenarios for the West? It's gonna mm. come soon. There's gonna be something, yeah. something wild. I think happen. it is. I think it may be one of those tiebreaker scenarios for the uh playoff spots in the oh yeah, something wild's gonna happen. There it's too close. Yeah. But yeah. All right, all right, we move on to the uh, uh, another game that happened on the Saturday. I think this was the uh, yeah, because there were three games that kicked off at like yeah. eight o'clock, which was you know great work again, MLR. Um, I, I always wanted to have a third monitor to watch at the same time. Uh, anyway, I do have uh, I had I have a lot more than three monitors if necessary. They can put all six games at the same time. I'm covered. Yeah, for you, not yeah, the rest of us. Anyway, um, so this was the long-awaited clash between DC and the Dallas Jackals. And, you know, if I'd say if the coaching changes hadn't come for DC, I think this would have been a much closer clash. But Coaching as, change. Yeah. Jersey change. They should never take those off ever again. Only to be washed because, yeah, no, you know, no, I, I think... Don't, I, don't wash no, them. Don't no, I'm pretty them. sure chemical warfare isn't uh, allowed in the laws of rugby. No, no, but don't wash them. You don't don't mess with the mojo that's coming from the cherry blossoms, man. Don't uh, you gotta you gotta keep that rolling. That they should wear that for the rest of the year. I am all aboard the old glory wearing cherry blossom jerseys to undefeated run. Uh, they think maybe they finish this season like what? What are they? What's their record right now? Maybe they finish the season with like six wins. They are currently on two and nine. Two and nine, so that's uh, they got five more games so, left. Yeah, let's so, go so seven, seven and nine. nine. Seven and no. nine, rocking the no, because the arrows need to win that game. So oh, the arrows need to win. You're right. You're okay. So six and um, ten. Six and ten. Yeah, six and ten. Six and ten. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but but for They'll, that game, uh, but for can, that game, they uh, wear their you know. Yeah, exactly. They game. can they can go back to the uh, the flag jersey for, yeah. for uh, the arrows game. <laughs> there we go. All right. Any, anyway, let's actually talk about this game for a second because you know obviously I. High-scoring game. Uh, uh, so a new couple of franchise records set um, for points scored, the margin of victory, and try scored with eight different players scoring tries in this game, uh, including Escaro, Luke Campbell, Saifaloi, Robert Sanana, Nakali, Lasaka, uh, Saru, and Talatina. Um, all scoring tries. Um Obviously, Luke Campbell, the most important one, being the Canadian in the squad. 
and yeah, you know, and you know that's how he was able to do it because he wasn't wearing um, stars and stripes. And cherry <laughs> that, that, that's is that how... your theory? Is that your theory? All the non-American guys play better in the cherry blossom jersey. Hey, hey, results speak for themselves. Um, I'm telling you, they shouldn't take them off. Yeah, uh, and you know they kept Dallas up to zero points for the first half. However, um, same instance uh, for both their tries. Uh, Pennell chipping through with Hill scoring in the corner. I think Hill's first try in the 43rd minute, so immediately after halftime. Some real um, nice finish. That was that was that is a try of the week kind of try. That was, yeah, so was you know precision being right place, right speed, the finish getting it in there just before. Yeah, perfect. And then followed it up uh, 17 minutes later with another one. However, um, both sides with a bit of a discipline. So obviously. If, um, Saru got a yellow card in the 35th minute, and that obviously um, helped with Hill's try um, in the 43rd. But then Kohlberg uh, for, got a yellow card for Dallas in the 49th minute, and during that time, um, I think it was like the Saka got his uh, try of the match, and that was also converted by Saufaloi. So, yeah, it's... It's been good for DC so far. Obviously, getting their first win against Utah, you could hear the relief in the celebration after that game. Um, there seemed to be far more people at this match um, compared to the game against Utah. And, you know, obviously having um, supporters there cheering you on makes a world of difference. You know, it was great to see them cheering, um, you know, eight different try scores. If this was your first time going to an old glory game, then what a game to go to. I mean, so yeah, um, eight different try scorers, uh, four conversions. One was a seven pointer. Um, final score DC 50, Dallas 10. Okay, now we move on to the Sunday fixtures and we start off with the Eastern clash um, between New York and New England. The uh, Free Jacks are making their second trip this season to JFK Stadium. And this was a far closer affair than the first time they came around. And, you know, we set it up as this class, and we were saying, you know, how important it was for the Arrow season for <laughs> New York to uh, lose. And ideally, um, if they had lost uh, 29 nil, that would have been great. But unfortunately, mm-hmm. uh, miracles only happen every now and again. So, um, <laughs> Fidow, um got his first try of the game in the seventh minute and, you know, got the ball rolling. Paul Balakana got his first try for New England in the 31st minute. Then Walker um, collected his own kick and um, scored his try in the 35th minute, um, during which Andy Ellis also got a yellow card. So now um, New England are a man up. But no opportunity for New England to score in that time. So in the second half, we have um, Conradi scoring um, from breaking off from the try. And this is something I want to talk about because during the build-up to this try, John Poland goes from the back of the scrum and darts off to the left of the scrum. And you can see players going that way. Whilst at the time, Conradi picks up the ball and goes to the right and is able to score a try. And this rubbed me the wrong way because I know that this is not allowed in laws. And actually, law 19.38 actually says um, other restrictive practices at a scrum include 
And in the example given in F, scrum half attempting to make an opponent believe the ball is out of the scrum when it is not. Now, I've checked the footage. Conradri had the ball in front of his feet, which means that it's technically in the scrum at that point. Now, we've been arguing in the Arrows game about should that have been a try? Yes, it was. This was an instance where that try should not have been awarded because that um, action is, as, it's, as I've counter. stated, I'll illegal. And therefore, it is a free kick to New York. I'm going to counter this. That 100% should count. How how can that count? I've literally cited the law. Yeah, no, that's uh, play better defense. That shouldn't be a law. I don't. If that's if the it, law it, is going to prevent that try from happening, then that's that's a bad law. That's that should 100 that count. No, that is that's a law because it's specifically misleading. The run no, of play, this, and it's also happened whole, before. That the is the reason why this law exists. is about misleading defenses. The whole game is deception and misleading. That's what you're supposed to do. If you bit, they, New York bit on it. That's their problem. That should 100 should count. It's a dummy. Yeah, you run dummies all the time. Fake passes. That's that's not a ball. dummy. That's just running in the opposite direction. Yeah, that's without the ball, which it is illegal as stated. So therefore, it's not a. Drive. You know what? You know what? You, you know what? That's on. That's on. That's on. The I know this would have. I know this would have technically given New York the win, but like that's not a try. If, no, if we're, totally we're going to follow the letter of the law for one thing and not for another, then no, that's you, but honestly, that like, is not if, a try. If you rewatch the play, though, like yeah. that's on you have two New York players looking at John Poland the whole time, yeah, and then they go you with him. You should be like, yeah, he didn't pick up the ball, he's not holding the ball at all, he never even goes near the ball, he just crouches at the back. That's it. Yeah, and that is making and that his attempt to make an opponent believe the ball is out of the scrum when it is not, how which you, is how the you official sign attempting to make an opponent believe the ball is out of the scrum because you're running away as though you're in and you're miming that you're picking up the ball, is there, which is it, what he did. Not, nah, it's a fake. It's a dummy. It's the whole point of the game, and it's illegal. Therefore, it's a free kick to New York. Nah, that's a try. If that. I mean, maybe if the point if the point that you're making is that maybe the way the laws are worded, maybe that shouldn't count. But um, if that try can't stand because of the way the law is worded, then they need to change that law because that's a bad law. That, that is not a bad. Well, I, I don't want to say if it's a bad law or stuff, because no. eventually something like this is going to happen to the arrows or yeah, something. And, and then you'll I, say I, that I, it's the perfect law and it no. should have been respected. If that happens to the arrows, I'll be like, you should have played better defense. Don't bite. Don't bite on it. You, they, the, I think that's a, that's a brilliant play from Poland. The entire New York backline moves. Yeah, the entire and, and, and backline, and then it's immediate, and then it should immediately have been a free kick to New York. Uh, don't bite on it. Don't bite on it. No, I, you're, I, I've got the letter of the law in front of me. There's no other way to interpret it. What he did was illegal, and it shouldn't have been a try. However, I'm not the referee. Therefore, we will have to continue with the score as it stands. So, and you know, New York were able to get back into it. Like, Savetta scored a try in the 51st minute, followed up by Wengaluski in the 60th, and then Fidau for his second in the 62nd minute, uh, which gave New York the try bonus point. Jack Jack Hyten was able to get three conversions out of four. And then, just when it looked as though New York were going to get the full five, uh, New England stampede over them again as Milan scores in the 77th minute to secure the win for New England. 
final score being New York 26, New England 29. I'll also say that part of the reason why New York lost is because they played the Free Jacks try scoring song during this game. Like, just don't do that. This game is on, this loss is on the DJ at the stadium. No, that's uh, their fault. Yeah, Definitely. no, it's completely. Yeah, that, that is how it works. It is that one person's fault entirely. Yeah, no, I'm okay. blaming the DJ entirely. All right, and we move on to the final game of the weekend. It was San Diego hosting Atlanta. And this was, emphasis on the past tense, going, you know, pretty well for um, the Legion. You know, they were putting in good effort. They had scored uh, two tries. that came two yellow cards in two minutes in the final moments of the game. So Manonu got a yellow card in the 75th minute and Bauman got a yellow card in the 77th and that combined with Mitchell's yellow card in the 20th minute. And, you know, they were in the... By this point, uh, Van Rensburg had gotten his um, second try and San Diego were definitely in the winning position. But at the same time, um, you know, they were in the like losing bonus point range. They could have come out of this game with something, but you know, being up uh, two men against you, finally had uh, Saitama scoring in the 79th minute, and then uh, De La Vega Mendia, I believe, getting uh, no, he missed the conversion. Sorry, I, I realized he uh, got the conversion for Van Rensburg's try. But at that point, it was just beyond a shadow of doubt. It was ATL's game. And, you know, and that try as well, ensure that ATL walked away with the full complement of the four points for the win and the try bonus point as well. So, you know, ATL, we're talking about everything that's going on in the East. ATL are obviously uh, hot on the heels of New England. You know, they hosted the conference uh, final Last year, they're looking to host it again. You know, only two points separate them now, and they want to get a bit of breathing room between um, themselves and New York and Toronto as well. So, you know, it's um, definitely like playing for the full 80 minutes, getting within, um, getting that extra try bonus points, getting them over the line, um, all working for them. And, you know, it's, uh, it's good. If uh, you know ATL aren't able to be stopped or curbed, or if New England still keep going on their rampage, it will just be between New York and Toronto of who's going to be the extra um, place in the Eastern playoffs. Yeah, it was just a uh, disappointing from San Diego. You know, um, they're getting a try just before half time, so it was I think uh, fifteen, uh, yeah, fifteen ten a half time. Um, they're only five points behind. They know that if they can get another try, or if they can just stay within touching distance, they're you know, or it just helps them get more points and helps them move them up the table. As we've um, said already, between second and fifth, it's currently divided by five points. If San Diego had at least been able to get a losing bonus point, it would be four points separating them. Yeah, San Diego um, got bumped down to fifth because of this game, right? Yeah, so yeah, yeah, so um, yeah, so they uh, another loss at home for them with no points. Granted, um, they're still only five points back of second. <laughs> exactly. Like, so they're one win away from second already. So, 
Who do they yeah. got? Who do they got up next? What's their schedule like? Yeah. Well, that's the thing. I think it's a. Uh, no, oh, they got Dallas him. next week. Yeah, you know, so they should hopefully oh, be man, able to bounce back as well. Week. But but that's yeah, it's a good week, and we will talk about it as we make our predictions later. But yeah. Uh, also, yeah. I was going to say, just with this game too, the Matt Matt Heaton versus Michael Smith is just fun Canadian viewing. Um, I guess so, yeah. Yeah, Heaton Heaton got the better of Smith in this game, though. Heaton yeah. was outstanding. Um, yeah, well, that's the thing. He obviously has uh, more experience in the position. Yeah. And, uh, no, oh, no, for know. sure. But um, Yeah, I mean, Smith. I, just, a, I, I love that uh, Like Smith just he keeps starting ahead of like Rob Shaw, too. And, you know, even like Pryor's yeah. the guy that comes off for Rob Shaw now. It's awesome. Yeah. Um, well, that's the thing. When when he's playing against American or non-Canadian um, yeah. back rows, he does uh, really well. It's just uh, when there's, um, you know, the teammates that you've been working and uh, coaching with who are like picking up on the little things that you're doing that your opposition isn't. Uh, that's how he's able to get one over, you know, wily old Fox able to do so. But those were the games for um, MLR in round 12. Now we move on to the sevens because it was the Rugby American North sevens competition this weekend and Canada's men's and women's sevens team were both taking part. I believe they were the only professional um, sevens national team to take part because... No, uh, Jamaica? Jamaica's played on like the world sevens tours and stuff. Yeah, wasn't that in 2020? And then wasn't that just as like a last minute cover for um, other nations that wouldn't take oh, part due I to thought, COVID? I they were there. They've played at a few more tournaments and stuff. But. Oh, well. But, well, obviously, um, Canada has more experience in uh, this department of um, rugby sevens. I believe it was something that. So both teams basically won all their games, got to the finals, and that ensures that both teams have now qualified for the Rugby World Cup sevens in South Africa in September. Um, and something to note about the women's sevens team is that they played all their games and did not concede a single point throughout the weekend so that is incredibly impressive stuff to do um something else to mention is that the jamaica's men's team they have also not only qualified for the rugby world cup sevens they have also qualified for the commonwealth games in birmingham later this year i believe in july i gotta say after the past year of watching canadian rugby super fun to watch canadian teams just beat down on people oh yeah it's a nice change of pace Nice yeah. change of pace. It's like a drug. Just fun. give it to um, me. Um, and I, I mean, in, in all reality, like in all reality, though, it is one of those tournaments. And it's like, it's nice to see. It's like going into this is like Canada should 100% win this. Yeah. Um, f- No matter, no matter what they should like anything less than winning this would be unbelievably yeah. disappointing. Yeah. So, um, I mean, the United States weren't taking part because one, they've already qualified, qualified for yeah. the Rugby World Cup sevens and two, they're not part of the Commonwealth. So there's no real need yeah. for them to take part in it. And, and it definitely helps the women's sevens team and they will be taking part in the yeah. World Series sevens in Langford this coming week. Yeah. So, so yeah, yeah, exactly. Nice little warm up for them. Yeah. Um, But also like just, man, like it's, Build some confidence, you know, get a couple yeah. of wins under the belt. Um, there's some great and, and you know, it doesn't it doesn't hurt to be in Nassau in the Bahamas. No, it probably oh, it looked nice. It looked like they're having some fun down there. Um, 
yeah, nice, nice to see them getting some wins and stuff, even though, you know, it is one of those things where, like, you know, obviously they, they should have won, should win this tournament. They def they should win this turn. They should win it easily. They uh, you know, the score lines are very, very telling of a, a little bit yeah. of a gap between Canada and the other countries that were participating in this tournament. Um, yeah. but at the same time, you know, it's it is nice to see them, you know, just get wins against teams that they should get wins against, right? Which, you know, and over the course of a season when you're trying to build up to something, which obviously is gonna be like the World Cup this year, or just you know increasing their their performance and increasing their standings um are a spot on the table in uh you know the world seven series and stuff it's nice to you know it's this it's nice to get some wins against teams that you know like the worst like i mean especially as a leaf fan it's uh really annoying watching them lose to buffalo um so i mean it, it is nice to you know nice to see them go out and get you know dominate a tournament that they should dominate and you know you know, solidify spots in uh, in some major tournaments, and uh, hopefully, you know, it's a nice building block. Keep going forward, and like you said, man, hopefully yeah. they enjoyed some sun and stuff. Uh, it was snowing yeah. in Toronto a week and a half ago, so I mean, yeah, that's hopefully true. they're enjoying it. All right, and some news that came out today about the Pacific Fours series, which is the women's competition between Canada, the United States, uh, New Zealand, and Australia. The uh, second round of this series after it was trialed um, last year just between the USA and Canada. Um, this series will be held in New Zealand and it is done so as a warm-up for these teams prior to the Women's Rugby World Cup, which will be taking place this September and October in New Zealand. So Canada will face the USA on the Sunday the 5th of June at 8.15pm Eastern Time. They'll face the Black Ferns on Saturday the 11th of June at 10.45 p.m. Eastern Time, and they will face Australia the following Saturday on 18th of June at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time. The reason for this time is because it's all being held in New Zealand, and time differences are a massive pain. But this competition... in New Zealand, these are pretty good. These are pretty good. Time spots, man. I mean, it's obviously easier for the New Zealanders to watch it, but, you know... um, a few uh, late kickoffs, especially the one against the Black Ferns at 10.45 p.m. Yeah, Eastern but the- time. But then again, if you're um, watching in uh, British Columbia, it's certainly much easier. No, but, but even time. like, I mean, the way I kind of look at a lot of this stuff, too, though, is like growing up in on in Toronto, like if you're a sports fan and stuff, you're very accustomed to watching like the West Coast games in a lot of other sports, right? So it's like mm-hmm. a, an 8.15 and a 9.30 p.m. kickoff is nothing yeah i suppose so all right and so yeah we've uh, finally got our first taste of what will be the pacific four series and we got that to look forward to in june you know just as uh mlr is coming to an end we have pacific fours coming up so the rugby never ends around here ever and um yeah, if you're looking to watch some rugby this weekend, we have the final round of the Women's Six Nations. It is um, the big game there being England versus France, both teams undefeated so far in the tournament. So this will be the Grand Slam decider. Um, also in women's rugby, as we said, we have the World's Seven Series in Langford. That should be on CBC. If you're looking to watch the Premiership and URC footage, that'll be on Sportsnet. 
If you're looking to watch Super Rugby Pacific, you can find that on TSN. Japan League One and the non-Arrows MLR games will be on the Rugby Network. And if you are looking for the Arrows games, well, unfortunately, as we mentioned, they are currently on a bye week. You will have to wait until May 8th, which will be uh, not only Mother's Day, but when they play New York at York Lions Stadium. But we'll remind you about that again next week. So, Derek, we have come to that time of the week. It is time to make our predictions. So, first up, we have the big clash. It is the repeat of last year's final. It is Rugby ATL versus LA. Who's at home? Atlanta? Uh, Atlanta. Ooh. This was the war of attrition last year. I know. So, this will be fun. Um, I think I'm going to go with Atlanta. Okay, all right. On the merits that they're they're the home team. And revenge is fun. Yeah, I think, you know, so far looking at both teams even uh, pretty evenly matched with um, Atlanta on eight wins to LA7. Um, this will be the 11th game for both these teams. So, you know, bye weeks um, won't really have affected at this point. Although LA is now coming off a bye week. Um, but I'm going to agree with you. I will go with ATL as well. You know, I'm back in the East. So, you know, it, this also goes against what you were saying about last week about uh, choosing the uh, Western yeah. team in the. Yeah, Michigan. that didn't work. That didn't work out well for me, though. Um, in the, I'm seeing you have a better record than me now, so uh, I am picking properly again. All right, fair don't, enough. Next, don't bet with your heart, people. Especially if you're on like cool bet, it's gonna be it's gonna be bad. All right, next up we have New England versus Utah, and you know. The Free Jacks have just been uh, running riot in the East. Uh, Utah, you know, their new coaching setup, it's still got some kinks to work out. And, you know, if they weren't up against the currently most successful team in MLR this season with nine wins and one loss, you know, maybe I'd say they have a chance. But seeing as Utah are only on two wins compared to New England's nine, I will be backing the Free Jacks. That is the correct decision. Is that your decision? Oh yeah, no, no, off, off the court. Yeah, no, there's um, yeah, no, <laughs> yeah, no. I just want to make sure. Just gotta yeah. make sure. New, New, New England should. Uh, New England's a monster at home too. That is true. right. So all right, okay. Next up, and uh, no Eastern team involved. This is an entirely Western clash. It is Dallas versus San Diego. So who are you picking? Ah uh, man, um. Poor Jackals, man. Nothing can go right for them this year. So, uh, I mean, San Diego, San Diego should win this game. I think it's, uh, I mean, I think right now, if you are Dallas, though, like you're out of the playoff spot officially now. Yeah. That players like your, their mindset has to be like, go, go ruin somebody else's year. So mm -hmm. maybe, maybe this is a game that they do that. But, um, I think it'd be interesting. Someone's going to get their year ruined by like, Dallas. I feel like it might it might come down to it. How tight that West is, that'd be something. Yeah. Yeah, that's the, it may also just be the case of um, you know, one team says, All right, we're gonna coast it easy, we're gonna bring our reserves in and we'll have yeah. them start and then they just uh, shoot themselves. I think but but all, I don't think it's gonna be San Diego, so I will also be back in the league. I think I think it's too late in the season to do that now. Like no, but if if they're if guys are healthy, they play. Yeah. Like there's no there's no rest days at this point in the season or anything. Like especially given how 
given how t- unless maybe you're like you clinch a playoff spot, you actually yeah. get that X next to your name in the standings. It's yeah. too tight um, across the board, both conferences to even think about that this late yeah. in the year. Okay. And uh, next up we have, yeah, this is an entirely uh, Eastern clash because we have uh, rugby, New York versus Nola gold. This will be held at JFK stadium. Uh, I, I was, well, I mean, if Nola was at home, I'd be like, Nola's obviously losing. Um, but uh, now I'm just going to go off with um, New York is better. So, this yeah. is a this is a huge game, huge game for the arrows too. Just with that, um, that yeah. implication going into May. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just I'm I would like Nola to win. But I want I think... Nola to win. Should yeah. that should that be our pick? Our that's our our pick with the heart this week, Nola. No, I'm I'm still above that. I'm going to be picking. Uh, I'm going to be picking New York because they're at home. They're wounded again, and you know, last time they lost to New England yeah. at home, they then pulled off a great performance to get the win at home. So I think that's going to happen. Again. You know what? I'm going to go just because um, I'm looking at um, our spreadsheet here with the picks and um, I hate weeks when we all pick the same. So right. I think I will take advantage of this and go with the pick with the heart. Nola has won a lot on the road. If you didn't hear me mention that earlier in this podcast, um, yeah. all, all 100% of Nola's wins are on the road. Great road team that they got there with the gold. So um uh yeah you know what speaking of teams that should there's whose goals should be to ruin somebody's year start with new york please all right and finally because there's only five games this round we have austin versus seattle and you know the west is very tight as we were saying you know only uh five points between uh second and fifth but there are currently 10 points between first and second and Mm -hmm. in that first spot is austin and I think they're going to remain there. They're just going to extend their gap at this point. I will be going with the Gil Gurumis. Yeah, I think Austin takes this one too. It's tough. Your, to heart bet is only, Austin. your heart's only so big. You can yeah. only pick. It's tough. One it's tough to, yeah, as I say, it's tough to go against Austin. And it's wild to see how like Austin so quickly went from the team that you would never pick to the team that you're going to pick basically every single time. And they've come around. They're doing yeah, well. Good for them. All right. So those are my picks and those are Derek's picks. But if you're looking for the Toonies picks, you can find them on our TikTok channel, which is at The Rouge Rugby. In fact, you can find us across all social media platforms, whether that's Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, again, at The Rouge Rugby. If you like listening to this podcast and would like to listen to more, you can do so on Spotify, on Anchor FM, or on Apple Podcasts. And if you would like to view our lovely faces, you can do so on our YouTube channel where we upload all our episodes. Again, that is YouTube at The Rouge Rugby. Derek, if the people want to find you, where can they do so? At Perset the Jet across all social media platforms. And you can find me on social media platforms as well, but mainly on Twitter and Instagram. And my handle is at Hardman, spelled H4RDMAN. Well, Derek, that's going to be it for this episode of the podcast. Thank you all so much for joining us. We hope you can join us again next time.